This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharudin. You're tuned into the show that explores the narratives of historical landmarks and places in the Klang Valley. In this episode, we're going to be reflecting on older intergenerational businesses that have stood the test of time. Heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa joins me in this episode for a slightly different look at things. We decided to look at some iconic businesses in the city that have been around for many generations and how they've managed to survive this long but remain relevant and competitive. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, good to be on again. No, I no, I, you know, as as I'm saying, you know, to you, I think that you know what, what I've been quite interested in is 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 sort of this idea of um, what makes the younger generation interested or, or, or wanting to take on, let's say, a family business, you know? And what do they do with it? You know, do they keep it the same? Do they change it up? Um, does changing it up, what does that mean, you know? And so it isn't just about um, taking on an old business, you know, a family business. It is about taking on a family business and in a sense, pivoting um, and innovating so you remain relevant to your traditional audience but you also uh, find a way to build up a new audience and keeping it but still keeping it within the family and I've just sort of you know been, been quite interested in, in where or what makes this whole thing tickler you know what makes a young person say, okay, right, fine, uh, my family's in the food business and I'm going to, uh, I've, and I've gone away and I've studied and I've, you know, got my degree and, you know, I'm a lawyer or whatever, you know, I mean, just a profession, I'm an accountant, you know, do I come back and work in, in a coffee shop or do I, um, or maybe I didn't go away and study, maybe I just automatically took over the business because I've been there since I was a child. And then you look at the business and, and you say some of these businesses are thriving and changing and yet retaining their identity and their character and, and their integrity. You know what I mean? The, 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 the core of the business remains the same, but um, it has a different profile. Maybe you have a logo, uh, you branded yourself, you get a new audience. So what is it about what are the factors that make for something to be successful and something maybe not to be as successful? You know, um, how do you, and that's kind of, to me, quite an interesting question. So I was recently, um, you know, reading um, and, and looking at some uh, footage, uh, you know, to do with this biscuit maker, a traditional biscuit, Chinese biscuit maker, uh, in well, in Pataling Street, based in Pataling Street, and it's a fourth generation um, that has taken over the business from the third generation, who happens to be still around. Yeah, the, so the, the 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 father is still around, and the son's taken over the business, and he learned um, how to he learned how to make the biscuits and the cakes in Chinese pastries. Yeah, really, in the traditional way, and they still do it in the traditional way. Um, but now, you know, they are kind of like um, a, a brand on the internet. You know, you, you you can find YouTube videos. I mean, they promote themselves, you know, and which didn't happen before. So what is it that made the 
family business continue and yet change? And what makes for these things to be successful? And that's kind of my interest because you have the very big brands like um, Ross Lang or Pewter, you know, which is still a family business. Habib Jewels, you know, still a family business. I mean, and, and they have their origins. And in terms of Ross Lang, of course, they have their origins in Selangor. But you know, you have a Habib, you know, which has its origins in Penang. Um, you mentioned um, earlier Maidin, for example, you know, and, and I think it's a second or second generation, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, you have... You know, a situation where where when you grew up, it was there, it was around, and it still remains within the family, and it's hugely successful. It has lots of presence all over the place, right? It has presence in, um, you know, in all the towns in the country. It has presence overseas, maybe, in the case of uh, Ross Langer. Uh, it has a royal brand in that case. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's got that kind of level of endorsement and it's extremely international. Um, so there's that on the one hand, right? Um, the directors um, still remain within fact, Bow, the Bow family still control their own assets, for example. Uh, hugely successful. Um, big brands, yeah. Um, and, and they would have started off relatively simple. Uh, you know, but they've had, you know, a hundred years or more to build their brand and to build their their business and 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 to move forward, so to speak, into the very modern um economy and 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 capital, you know, a very modern uh um market economy. And then you have this little um coffee shop off of um it used to be on Jalan Tangwangi and Campbell Road, um, but now it's um, on one of the roads off of it. I think Jalan Dorisami. I think it's anyway. It's one of those roads in that area, nearby, um, uh, and Yutki, for example, which is you know Hainanese um, food cooking, um, and very very popular, very well known. People go there and. You know, if you bring um, your parents there, your grandparents there, they will tell you, oh, we used to come here when we were young people, you know, that kind of thing. So what makes for this continuity and why do the family members or, you know, the younger generation want to take over? So that's kind of like the interest that I have in this, you know, what makes for the success? What are the factors that make it successful? Yeah, I find that quite interesting as well. I mean, and again, one way or another, I think uh, we're just projecting here. But I think, I think one of the reasons of it obviously uh, is perhaps maybe the the how successful the, these businesses are and were at that time. You know, it's just naturally. I think it. I don't know because because you're right. I think to a certain extent, when it comes to and I, I don't know whether this narrative is still relevant, but I think once upon a time, you know, people. The older generation tend to always tell the younger generation, look, the reason why I'm working hard, the reason why I'm suffering is so that you will have, quote unquote, a better future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another. But but I don't know whether that, and, and you know, some parents don't want their kids to follow in their footsteps, right? But yeah, so it makes for an interesting, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, perspective as to when they decide to eventually come back and, 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 I guess, continue the business. But there are also businesses that are successful enough that, you know, the parents 
well, make it a point to get their children to sort of like continue their legacy as well, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm curious myself. Um, what what do you think? I mean, and again, we're just projecting here, right? But but what what do you think makes these businesses, I guess, survive and thrive and manage to keep it within the family? Because as much as we have all the success stories, we also have businesses that eventually completely just, fail, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and die, die, yeah. or or don't last beyond one or two generations. Correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the the thing is that that the the ones that I've been looking at um, really are the ones that kind of have been able to pivot and to create uh, new audiences, you know, and to keep their old customers loyal, but to be able to develop new customers and then to move from, you know, just uh, the, you know, a small shop, you know, off of, you know, a commercial street, let's say, you know, in Chinatown or, you know, an, an area. And then to move into larger uh, premises and and to find yourself on, never mind Facebook, right? Because that you do, you know, Instagram, that you do. But in onto platforms nowadays, social media platforms that promote you for not for and not because they're being paid, but you know. Dulu Dulu, we're talking about TripAdvisor, for example, right? Rough guides, you know, um, in the days before before you find everything on your phone, um, you you used to buy guidebooks, right? And and what were being talked about then? Um, and what were the businesses that were being promoted then that were family-owned and that have remained family-owned? And that where the tradition, I think, and the craftsmanship and the pride, I think, in that legacy is very, very strong um, because the story that's being told is about my grandfather, my great-grandfather, you know, they worked really hard. They brought it together. And, and this is what we are not just inheriting, but we want to bring to higher levels. We want to, because we're very proud of it. And I think that that's one of the, the factors is that the family or the individual members of the family feel proud of that legacy, no matter how humble, you know, no matter how hard work. But having worked that hard, not to say that it's something you want to, um, what's the word for it? Uh, you know, where you're saying, okay, okay, you know, I'm going to be moving on. And, you know, I'm white collar jobs, for example, you know, working in an office, air conditioned office, you know, I work hard in a factory. I work hard, you know, making handmade, bis you know, biscuits. And because I learned that from my father, who learned it from his father, who learned it from his father. So several generations down, I see that, you know, the, the, the world has moved on. And so I want to, I'm very proud of my merchandise. And I want to be able to promote it and market it um, so that more people enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. So it's not, I think, only about making money. It is about sharing. It is about sharing the story and sharing the legacy and the enjoyment of it. And I think that it is this kind of like small intangible thing that, that uh, you know, where, where, where it's present, where there is pride of place, um, people continue. 
And and if you think about, you know, not big brands, I'm not talking about big brands. I mean, of course, they are the big brands. Lah. But, you know, the, the small cafes and the small coffee shops, you know, that have not in this, okay, let's say in the last three years, right, you know, with COVID and with the MCO and all of that, there were people who said, you know, my mother's achar, you know, or my mother's curry puff. I, I, you know, used to be, everybody used to come to the house and ask, so I'll make a business of it, you know, and because I can sell it through, you know, grab foods or whatever, you know, the, 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 the e-commerce uh, platforms and I can send it to people and, you know, ship it out that way, right? Because, because that's the way the commercial world works now. You don't have to go to a place. You can, uh, well, you know, in the last two years, a bit difficult to go, right? Quite often. <laughs> so it's like you can just order and it'll come to you. And it's something that a taste that you uh, crave for, that you enjoy. And, and so why does it continue? Um, and I'm not talking about any business. I'm talking about the ones that remain within the family, um, where younger family members come in and say, yes, we want to bring it. We want to retain its integrity. We want to retain its authenticity. But we also recognize that we want to modernize. We want to bring it to a different level. And I think that that's something that, for me, it, you know, we should be looking at, and all businesses should be looking at, you know, so what are these factors that make something happen? And what are the factors that, you know, which are missing where it doesn't, you know, succeed? And I, I'll tell you one thing, I think it has to do with um, a support of the older generation um, for the younger generation taking on the mantle. Yeah. Then there must also be a sense of trust as well, right? Considering that, um, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, because because I feel like, yeah, I, I guess passing on the mental is one thing, but also trusting them to do what they see fit one way or another, and that's where I, I think the new blood will also be able to bring in, you know, fresh ideas as well, right? To to somehow I guess elevate and you know take it to the other level, to the next okay. level, right? To trust that the new ideas that they bring in are not going to destroy or damage the authenticity the original flavor the integrity right and yeah no so trust is really important right pride is really important pride not not so bong lah, right but pride because you you really believe in it and i think that th those are really important and then um for the younger family members to say yes i'm going to invest in this legacy and these are mainly um, businesses. I, I, I think that it happens um, in the craft world, for example, but I, I, you know, I'm not talking about it like the same KL, but I'm, you know, let's say, you know, I'm a traditional basket weaver and my family members um, learn, you know, and take it on. But it's harder and harder for me to get the material to retain that traditional um Form or people look at it and they say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not going to pay this kind of manila, you know. But actually, handmade is so important, right? So if we pay for something that is handcrafted, um, because we are paying for the, the labor of love, you know, the legacy of being passed on from generation, the, the skill 
um, that is passed on from one generation to the next. Retaining it within the, the family, the care, and I think, um, and then the story that goes along with it. I just, I just find it quite fascinating, and I can imagine that around the country, not just Klang Valley, but around the country, there will be lots of places like this where the business has remained within the family. And remember, we were, um, you, you did a show on this coffee shop in Klang, right? Um, a kopitiam in Klang where again you know it remains within the family and people go from other places to go and look for that and it remains within the family it hasn't been branded and you know is then sold the brand is then sold or the recipe is then sold um, or you train uh, you, 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 you get on external workers I mean yes of course you know you hire other staff to work with you but the management and the ideas and the concepts and the whole you know feeling for it remains family centered and that i think is is um, something which probably is not very easy to achieve <laughs> And so really kudos, you know, to those who have been able to do that. That was our resident heritage conservation expert, Elizabeth Cardosa, reflecting on businesses that have stood the test of time for multiple generations. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Elizabeth Cardosa, our resident heritage conservation expert, joins me on the show to look at older businesses and how they've managed to not only survive, but also thrive and innovate throughout all these years. Here's the second part of our conversation. What I'm quite curious as well is how they, I guess, preserve that relationship that they have with their clientele, right? And mm. and, and it's not just nostalgia-driven. I think even even to a point where I think and I think I'm sure, you know, if you were to talk to uh, all these businesses, they must have a certain form of, I guess, respecting their client, right? Respecting their their yes. customer base yeah. enough to to want to, I guess, give them the best and serve them well which I think I guess created that rapport between between the two right and and that's also pretty crucial because I, th- I feel like you know these businesses um, their I guess immediate concern is to make sure to serve their immediate I guess local clients first right mm-hmm. and before eventually mm-hmm. embarking on on okay for example mm-hmm. if they want to go regional they'll go regional if they want to go national they'll go national and if they want to mm-hmm. go international they'll go international but at the core of it they need, they need to maintain that relationship with their local clientele which then creates that, that I guess interesting narrative right I mean, when we look at um, these businesses, as much as there is a tinge of romanticism attached to it, there's also, uh, uh, I guess, a, a valid form of, I guess, recognition to how well they've been serving their local community, right? One way or another. Yeah, that's true. You know, if, if I'm not going to respect my customer, my customer is not going to want to come back, lah. right? So you were right. I think that, yes, part, one of the other factors is is having this relationship and building on it so that then... Um, there is a, a you know um, a shop in Penang, a Nasi Kanda place in Penang that I go to that I have been going to every time I go back to Penang. You know, I mean, I I will go there, um, and I was I've been going there since I was 
you know, a child. And my father um, introduced us to them. And, and um, it's now the third, if not the fourth generation of um, um, the person behind the counter is of the same family. And so they kind of like recognize the name or they recognize you. And, and so that familiarity, that sort of welcoming, that family notion, you know, ha- hasn't gone away, you know. So it's like, so while, as you said, it builds a nostalgia um, and, and there is this, uh, you know, this hint of romanticism. But if the food isn't good, you won't go back, nah, right? If the food and the taste isn't as you remember, you're not going to go back, right? So if you retain the quality, you don't dilute it. Um because you, the family, you know, want to ensure that that the quality of the product remains of high priority, and your customers. So you add all of these things together, and it just becomes something that works. Perhaps you know it doesn't always work, but um, where I've seen it work really well is in this day and age because of social media, because of ways of you can brand things, you know, and, and understand your market and your clientele, you want to, you maybe you create, you know, um, logos or whatever, and you, you clean it up so that it becomes appealing, not just to your older customers who will come back to you because of the taste, but to newer customers who maybe are looking for something different. You know, uh, you know, they want a food experience, but they want a food experience in, um, something that they would enjoy, they'd be able to sit in a cafe and have, you know, internet access, you know, <laughs> be able to, you know, drink a coffee and eat a biscuit um, and um, enjoy that authentic taste, but uh, not have to pay maybe exorbitant prices for it or or where it goes to um, a corporation um, a big conglomerate that you don't see the face of, you know? It's the mom and pop shop, right? You know, it's 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 the kadai at the corner, you know, the one that you're familiar with. When you go in there, the auntie uncle will say hello to you and know you by name because you've been going there ever since you were a kid, right? And now as an adult, when you go back home, you just go lah, because that's part of your your memory of the place. It is part of what makes you feel you belong and your sense of identity for that place. And then when it's not there anymore, you kind of like lose. So so it's all about, I think, making these connections and keeping these connections. And I think that that to me is, is something, okay, I work in heritage, but you know, it, it's, it's a really integral part of people and human beings is this contact and, and familiarity and, and respect for each other. And I think that that's really important. So yeah, you know, I I think that it'd be great if we all went out and found these familiar places and supported these familiar places so that they can continue to, to survive. They don't have to become international brands, but to retain within the family. So, so to say, you know, I come here because I enjoy it and I respect you because, you know, and you are proud of what you're giving me. So whether it is because you are a cobbler or whether because you, 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 you know, are a chef, I mean, a cook, you know, um, 
or because you run um, a, sh- I don't know, you you are a tailor. Um, I get the kind of service because I get the kind of quality as well. So I get the familiarity, I get the quality. Um, it remains within the family. People know you by name. All of these are really important, I think. So the, the quality of the service doesn't, and the relationship continues. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely a, a quote unquote sucker for this kind of, I guess, uh, <laughs> approach. No, honestly, like, but, but at the same time, I can't help but wonder whether it's something that is a bit more romanticized and also not just romanticized, but also, you know, it takes a certain, only a certain type of people that will perhaps, you know, appreciate this kind of old, old I guess, businesses one way or another, right? Because I think, and, and as a young person, relatively young, I'm not that young, but I mean, like having been bombarded young, with young. <laughs> newer businesses as well, I can't help but wonder whether, I mean, our appreciation for older businesses goes beyond, um, I guess, recognizing them for their nostalgic value, you know what I mean? Like, like, like do we frequent older businesses just because we appreciate the fact that they're old or we recognize that there are merits to, to their, I guess, business still existing in this day and age. Because I'm also a bit wary of over-romanticization and how that also can be detrimental to these businesses in the long run. You know what I mean? Once the nostalgia mm. runs out, once mm. the younger generation can't relate to these businesses anymore, will they then be able to survive? You know what I mean? And that's pretty mm-hmm. interesting to explore as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's important to... But, you know, you won't explore, you won't go back, you know, just for the sake of nostalgia, maybe once, yeah? But if the quality is not there, if the the things that that make you remember it fondly is not there, um, you're not going to go back again because there's so many alternatives out there, surely. You know, so so you need to, the businesses need to make sure that, that the spirit of, the original founders are there. They need to make sure that the, the quality, your expectation is definitely met because, you know, you're not going to go there and then you're going to find it's, oh, it's actually sort of like a, you know, made in a in back street somewhere, you know, where you have exploited Charlie, but you, you're not going to go back there, right? If you knew that. You would go back because you see it being handmade in that place. And you don't mind paying that extra ringgit or whatever it is because you can see it with your own eyes that there is a love for and a respect for the the product, whatever the product may be. And I think that that to me, and and the person behind the counter is someone who is not a you know, is not an unrecognized face. Lah. So while the business may grow and they may have a branch somewhere else, you know, the branch somewhere else may be taken care of by um, a sibling or a cousin or, you know, and, and then you kind of go like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't go to this neighborhood, but I go to the one in this other neighborhood or this other town. And that I think happens quite a lot in food businesses, right? Maybe less so in other kinds of products like tailoring or you know other kinds of crafts but the 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 feel and the touch and the respect um and the the re- retention of the honor or the respect for what was it, the legacy 
I think has to be there. If not, I won't go back personally. If I, if I, unless it is of such high quality that I will go lah, right? But um, you know, if it was just sort of um, either this or either that, you know, and I have a choice between the two, and there is no, they 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 weigh equally, right? Uh, you know, I might choose something else, and rather than say, oh, I'm going to go out of my way to support this because it's important, because it's retained its integrity, because, you know, the story is there, um, because of this relationship. And so, yeah, so really it, it was because I kind of came across this story of um, this biscuit shop in, in Pataling Street, Fung Wong, and then remembering the story you did on that Kopitiam in um, Klang, you know, uh, near the station. And where they you know, keep um, the character and the spirit, but it is able to attract new customers, a different generation, a younger generation. And I think that in the case of Fung Wong, I just wanted to add, what one of the things that they have done, which I find quite interesting, is they have tried to, because they recognize that, that you know, the kind of clientele that is going um, to that area is different, you know, it's quite touristy or whatever. But they want to retain their older customers who used to run in and out. They want to be able to, to, to have, you know, to continue that kind of relationship with other businesses in the area that are still traditional, that are, you know, they have gone out and they've tried to build up a community spirit. And so it's not just about me, myself, I, my family, but it's about us as a community. And I think that when you start looking at that additional, that added value, yeah, then it, it I think, becomes greater, you know? All right. Um, okay, last question. I think um, based, based on your observations, uh, mm. I guess, because you're a very observant person, um, do you think that we can, <laughs> we can see um, current businesses, you know, contemporary businesses surviving this long as well, you know, as long as all the businesses that you mentioned, considering that I think the landscape has changed a bit, right? If you think about it these days, competition is great. Um, the nature of conducting business has also changed. Do you foresee um, local businesses, um, contemporary businesses um, around you, I guess, lasting the distance one way or another? I, I think when you, it has to do with um, whether you have someone to take over and, it, it's really quite a poignant um, little story that I have nothing to do with KL, but Sarawak. Um, and I, I just did a little project. Um, and the, their Sarawak, they have designated um, some living legends, you know, craft, tra traditional craftsmen, artists and artisans as living legends. And we did two little videos. One was on a sape player who had a son whom he has passed on you know his legacy and his training to um uh, this this uh, there was there's an embroiderer traditional embroiderer whose daughter is following on in the business and uh somebody who's a bead make you know a bead weaver you know who creates with bead bead work um, baskets and things like that um whose daughter again you know has taken over so there is an intergenerational transfer there and then there, then then the other video was about three others, and and the tag was who will tell my story because no one in my family is interested 
or will take over. So I think it has to be a combination of there being the desire, I want my business to continue, uh, or my craft or my, my skill to be passed on to and kept within the family. But there's also um, the, so, you know, do you do that? You know, is there is there that next generation to take over? Then there's also, of course, the fact that, you know, does the next generation even want to take over, right? Um, or do they see it as, as a non-starter? But then there's also, I think for me, you know, will something continue uh, depends very much on how much, you now in this day and age, if you talk about contemporary businesses, because there's so much competition, the quality has to be excellent and the storytelling has to be excellent because there are some places where the light is not shining out and nobody knows about it. So it's like a big secret, right? Um, so you know, you're from Malacca. So if somebody says to you, Where's the best chinchalo? you know, your family will say this person or that person makes it, right? Where is the best lachan? Your, your family will will because that's your familiarity. Another family may have a different opinion, but there are people who will emerge from that, whom everybody will say they are the best, right? And and so it is that recognition, I think, that will make for new businesses to continue, not because um, they got good, nice branding and all of that, because at the end of the day, I think people will say, if I'm going to, you know, put spend my dollar and I have 10 choices on the table, I will want the best choice for myself, right? So, so at the end of the day, who will survive will be the ones where I think all of these things come together and all of these factors uh, sort of fall into place. And sometimes it's about timing, right? Sometimes it doesn't work because, because of circumstance and because of timing. But then, you know, where it works and it's successful, I think, I, for me, I think we should seek these places out or these businesses out and we should, you know, if we are able, you know, support them. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and this week our resident heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa joined us to reflect on older businesses around the city that have stood the test of time. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at pfm.my slash I Love KL, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at PFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Stay safe and join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.